Mana 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 this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guest and i discuss our lives amidst this wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka ben turdsman i hope you all are well my guest is co-host of jack am the live streaming morning twitch show as well as the podcast struggle session he's an involuntary participant in a feud with snl co-writer michael J. he speaks truth to power every damn day mr jack allison welcome sir hi there thanks for having me absolutely Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate it. My first question is, how are you and where are you? I'm, you know, I'm at my apartment where I've pretty much been. You know, I'm in my room at my little microphone at my PC here. I'm here in Los Angeles and I'm, I've am i been quarantined now for, uh, geez, I guess pretty much, what is it now? This has got to be like the, this is like the third or fourth week at this point. I've lost all track of time. It has been a complete blur to me. It's actually weird for me because a lot of people have been saying that, that time is a blur for them but i guess as we'll get into in this podcast my life was set up weirdly for an event like this so i actually have not lost my days of the week like a lot of people have because i do a morning show every day monday through friday so the weekends still do have like like after the show on friday every friday i'm like "Uh, it's the weekend hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're relatively in a rare position where your schedule is much or as little as you want it to be like entirely i know but i'm choosing to keep my schedule on a very brutal like wake up in the morning (laughs) and go to sleep early schedule and I want it I want it that way but I mean this has changed my life a lot there's a lot of strangeness going on around the outside of my world but as far as like a lot of the stuff people are sort of doing in the wake of this there's you see a lot of comedy people being like we're starting couples podcast and I'm like well that's basically what I've been doing (laughs) I got one going like year and a half ago I'm just set up kind of for all the things that people are doing now because I'm just a, a hermit and shut in to begin with. <laughs> but I mean, I was, I'm Hikiko Mori, so I was like <laughs> prepared for this already. Yeah, I mean, you set the trend ahead of time for Zach Braff <laughs> to start his podcast, so. I know, well, you know, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> I feel like I should probably scold you. <laughs> Just don't listen to it. Don't listen to the podcast and I'll claim credit for it. I can't burn calories hate listening or hate watching <laughs> or hate experiencing things. Sure. I know for me, like one thing I'm doing is any news that I consume, I'm reading only, not watching anything. So you're not watching the, you're not watching TV news while you're in Exactly. Quarantine. I mean, it's been absolutely, I mean, I don't really watch it. Like I don't really put on cable news. I mean, there's must see TV going on like Chris Cuomo's. I'm going to say that it's possibly he got a real diagnosis but Chris Cuomo is doing his show with a COVID diagnosis I guess and things like that but yeah for the most part cable news you turn it on and they legitimately have a like second by second death count on the air it's not good what they're doing over there and they're all broadcasting from home so it is literally no different from watching streamers at this point i think somebody pointed this out all of these people whether it be like the weird john krasinski's of the world jimmy fallon or just cnn the one difference is their audio is terrible (laughs) twitch and yourself included and like so many other veteran twitch streamers their audio is fantastic they're using like on camera audio for a lot of this shit my audio listen i feel for them 
at-home audio, it's a very Wings of Wax situation. It really is because like it does not seem like it's going to be a pain in the ass. You're like, okay, I'll just get a microphone. Microphones have got to be pretty easy for computers at this point. And there's a reason why there's audio technicians and stuff like that. It actually is a fucking pain in the ass to get good audio. And it's why I still don't have it because I'm not an audio technician, you know? <laughs> and I do think a lot of these people, like, it's so funny for me to look at John Krasinski and be like, yeah, he's, uh, he's has a lot of the same early streamer flaws that you see in a lot of people. I am. He's probably got to get some audio there and, uh, you know, you'll have to probably get some on screen set up too. What if The Daily Show was somehow less funny? What if The Daily Show was only corny ass, stupid ass, feel good stories and not funny? Also, it's the worst. It's the worst idea for a show at this point because it's like, what about a show where there's only good uplifting news? And I'm like, there's a fucking pandemic happening. You're trying to do this show when there's going to be like deaths by the hundred thousands. You know what I mean? I, I'm like, just launch it after this when you can do fucking like, you know, the, a dog was stuck in a tree yet or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, my show, the idea of it, it's like an emotional thunder blanket. <laughs> this is the like, you know, the burying your head in the sand show. I just think that honestly, John Krasinski is going to have a difficult time finding good news stories before too long. That's what I think is it might be difficult to find any good news stories in the near future. It's going to get pretty bad. It's going to get pretty bad. It's getting bad already. Yesterday, they released the new jobless numbers. And I honestly, I was too optimistic when I first looked at the jobless numbers. When they yesterday were like, there's 6.6 million jobless. I was like, wow, damn, we like doubled up on last week. No, no, no. We like tripled up on last week. That's not the total number. That was like the new number. And we're at like 10 million now. We all got to be honest about this. Like, you know, we, we can be in this together. There are positive things that are happening. And you know what I sure. mean? Like, I do think that like we can come together as community and everything like that. And but it, this is not the time to bury your head under the sand. You know what I mean? Like, I actually do think as difficult and as hard as it's going to be, continue to like stay informed. And that doesn't yes. mean like watching fucking cable news or anything like that. But I do think that it's going to be really, really difficult. And we're going to see some really, really horrendous things, honestly. All we can do is see them together. We still have to see them. To not see them is like not acceptable. It really is not. Like that's not the way to be right now. I don't think. I think there's an irresponsibility to that. But I also think that something could be said. I kind of, in my head, I just see it as like, I haven't cried or anything really. And I haven't like had any form of breakdown. But I feel like for something like this, it just feels inevitable. So I feel like I'm just running in Pamplona and the bull is behind me. <laughs> and I'm doing everything to keep myself like the distance as far as I can, as much as it might suck, you need to process this stuff too. Yeah, we need to see all of it. By put, keeping your head in the sand, like the Krasinski's of the world, you're not processing anything. No. And it's going to hit you one way or the other because this is like a psychological shock to our systems. Yes. I think that keeping apprised of what's actually going on out there is the way to like buttress what the hit is going to be like. You know what yes. I mean? Like, yes. if you're just like stick, staying out there with your head in the sand and you're like, I can't look at this bad stuff, I'm going to stay over here or whatever, you're going to like come out of your house one day and be faced with abject horror and you won't even be able to like conceive of how it happened. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, and by the way, worse is coming. We're at 10 million unemployed. JP Morgan, by the way, last week predicted something like 3.1 million more unemployed. So we doubled that uh, in the actual totals. This week, they're predicting for next week that we'll have 7 million more unemployed. So they're predicting more higher unemployed numbers than this week's. And they underestimated by half 
last week. So like, let's be real here. Like it's going to get like really, really bad. And like the thing to prepare yourself for what's going to be going on out there is to like recognize the events that are happening and how and what they're like building up toward so that, you know, we can be prepared, you know? Ignoring it does not make it go away. No, it does not. And also we're not going back to the world before. So, you know, and I don't uh, think yeah. that like we're going to be able to. So like just pining, hoping that this is going to come to an end. It's like it will, but it won't. Now, with that said, like I have had some times, you know, during this time, you know, I always like think it's funny when people call Twitter the hell site because it really is just reflective of that. This is like everybody chiming in from all around the world. So that just means when you're saying this is the hell site, you're really just saying the world is hell right now. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, but it, it also wouldn't... says you don't write to people you are voluntarily following. Right, exactly. And or who you're like getting responses from. You don't like hearing from people that are not in your world or whatever. You know what I mean? I mean, you've equated it to just a message board. It is a message board. It's as good or as bad as you want it to be. Yeah, it's a gossip website. And so like, I think that it's like replaced the news in a lot of ways for a lot of people. And that is it's just a reality that all the news reporters are on Twitter. And that's like where they spend a lot of their time doing their reporting, especially now that we're all trapped at home. And like internet is the only thing pretty much. But you know, it's like a plus and minus that this weird gossip message board is the news generator for America or something like that. It's very strange, uh, but it is just the reality that we live in. But I do think it's like, listen, like talking about burying your head in the sand, I don't think you have to expose yourself to it relentlessly no matter what. Relative moderation. Yeah. I don't think you need to like expose yourself nonstop. And I've been spending a lot of days where like the afternoon forward, I'm like, I'm not engaging with news i don't need to see what the fuck is going on out there i just want to check in every morning <laughs> you know what i yeah. mean i'm like i'll see what the hell is going on i'm not trying to bury my head in the sand forever but i can take a fucking day off and watch next generation for an entire afternoon and not know about the ongoing hell out there <laughs> none of this stuff is all or nothing one way or the other right distractions can be healthy it's just in relative moderation Right. I mean, whatever that means. I think that, you know, if you have those distractions, stuff can still process in the background. And that goes a long way, or it could anyway, because you can't hide from this. Mm -hmm. You really can't. And you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You should make yourself aware so that you uh, aren't surprised uh, by the depths that this gets to. Yeah, absolutely. So you said in the afternoons, you know, sometimes you'll just do whatever, watch something. What are you doing in your downtime? I guess, you're, like you said, your schedule isn't dramatically different. Yeah. So what are you doing? You know, I do the morning show every day, 7 to 9, and then I edit my wife Kate's podcast. She does a, a celebrity podcast, which that doesn't take very much time at all. I have to record for Struggle Session a couple times a week. I'm going to be doing mm-hmm. that today. But outside of that, I don't have, like, a soup a ton of stuff to be doing and so i've just basically been taking in like a lot of media for the most part like i am committed to knowing about all the stuff that's going on and paying attention to all of it and everything like that but then i am like actively trying to switch off you know at certain yeah. times and do stuff that like just is not connected to it at all i've been playing the resident evil remake and i plan to play through all three of the resident evil <laughs> remakes uh the third one is coming out I think it may just be out right now, actually. I've been watching a couple movies. I haven't watched a ton of movies, actually. Uh, uh, I've only watched a couple because I've been, like, very, very into... I'm about to finish my watch through of uh, Next Generation. So I've been, like, very committed. I've just been watching a lot of Next Generation and reading books. I've been doing some audio books. What are you listening to? Right now, I just finished reading the first book in The Three-Body Problem, uh, which is a great Chinese science fiction book from 2015. Oh, interesting. 
that has some really interesting ideas. It's the first in a trilogy, so I'm going to start in on the second one. I just finished the first one and really liked it a lot. I'm also with a couple friends reading another sort of book club thing. I think we're going to read the uh, Southern Reach trilogy, uh, the first of which is Annihilation, which the Natalie Portman movie was based on. So yes. I just finished uh, Annihilation, which I also thought was really good. A couple different sci-fi books. And then this is very much in the non-escapist side of things. <laughs> I'm about to start. Well, you know, I, I started reading it, but I'm stopping because there's a book club that's about to start for Jack A.M. The Slurp Fan book, book Club is about to do The Shock Doctrine by Naomi Klein. I'm in that. I'm going to read that, too. Oh, yes. We're going to be reading The Shock Doctrine very soon. I read like the first chapter of it and I was like, oh, well, this is not going to be escapist at all. My vote was very uh, is one of the alternatives because I was just <laughs> this is too much. Just rip the bandaid off at Let's this just point. Do it, and then I think we can do like a fun one next. But like I started reading it and I'm like, this is not going to be fun but it's going to be very good <laughs> for us all to have read this like it, it is it's not even evil it's like we have to see what they're going to be doing to us it's like a katrina just happened this like I, I read the first chapter and she was like examining katrina a little bit and how katrina helped them to accelerate some of this privatization and stuff like that and i and like just reading about it i was like holy god like this is it for America now. Like COVID is Katrina America wide. And we're going to see a lot of this going on. Like you were saying about don't keep your head in the sand. This is this may be a little bit more uh, of definitely not doing that. But I am extremely curious. I, when I read the description of it, because I hadn't admittedly heard about it, I had a very a bit of a who boy reaction. But it is going to be very interesting. So I yeah, am really looking forward book. to it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, same here. So, yeah, I mean, I've just been playing video games, uh, reading books, and watching uh, Next Generation. How I, did, Have you watched Picard? I've heard it's I have, good. I, I watched the first episode of Picard, and I, I, I didn't keep up yet. I, I'm, I'm, like, making my way through Star Trek. This is, like, my first time okay, really that's doing what I was all of Star Trek. Um, I watched the first episode, and my take is that it just feels very modern sci-fi. Like, it felt very Battlestar, like, you know, girl with a secret, whatever. But, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. People like it. Leslie said that, like, it's a good sci-fi series, but not necessarily a good Star Trek series. And so I'm like, well, I guess I'll fucking watch it. Like, I love him as Picard, so I'll probably like it, you know, yeah. in, some, in some capacity. I was really intrigued, maybe in a not great way, when I saw that Michael Chabon was put on as oh, the sure. showrunner. And I was like, what an interesting choice to that. I, I never, it's a nice idea, but it was show, I would imagine, like, I mean, you know as well as anybody, like, that. <laughs> The showrunner title is just made up. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's not a real job title. The Masons of the World, but <laughs> yeah, but it's just it was just an interesting choice and I'm intrigued by it. I will uh, one thing I've been watching on well it's on Hulu, speaking of, you know, I Annihilation. Seen it. I don't know it. Yeah. It's adapted by Alex Garland who did Annihilation oh, directed okay. it. Ex Machina and it's oh, cool. great. It's really good. Really interesting. Nice sci-fi kind of in a way like murder mystery and it's really interesting that sounds cool devs yeah. okay devs check it out. it's on fx which is now i guess fx on hulu as they converge everything post 20th century fox being acquired by right i guess it's all on hulu now yeah the big bad disney <laughs> 
as somebody who's a huge film fan, I've been it's the thing that I, I do the most and love the most. That acquisition, even at the time, let alone in hindsight, that frightened me. It really did scare me. They have so look few reasons bad. to do good shit now. It's bad for American culture, and you know, uh, and we are just sort of like at this sort of point in American history where we're seeing all the consolidation go down, and so Disney is the biggest sort of like reflection of that kind of you know monopolistic hyper consolidation culture and also my other fear I get in, in in the wake of just everything going on right now you tweeted about this morning about the chairs I'm really fearful about the state of movie theaters because at some level the studios have wanted to have a justification for doing VOD for certain properties that they didn't because the distributors understandably bristled at that pretty hardcore because they have no control over these things and that's all they have they they make mm -hmm whatever their money i would think it's some percentage of the gross maybe but for but otherwise that's why they really mark up the prices for concessions well no listen like um i think that movie theaters might be done to be totally honest with you like that is I my genuine i don't theory. think that they don't keep that much fringe sitting around for them to survive uh, i don't think that like movie theaters really can survive without having people buy that overpriced popcorn month in and month out what i see happening with movie theaters is like you know maybe one of the chains survives but i think a couple of them are gonna get bought out by like Amazon or Netflix or something like that. And like, you know, maybe, I don't know. And, and we'll see these kind of become more like in-house places. You know, Amazon's already been talking about previously buying a 40 plus theater, maybe theater chain. So they're already looking to completely right. vertically vertically integrate this. These prices are going to be very very good. You know what I mean? Like like they were looking at the price of 40 theater chains before like now suddenly AMC is going to be available. They've already dipped as of uh, I think like a couple of days ago. They're now dipping their toes in and this is it feels like it's a test run. South by Southwest will be entirely on Amazon. Wow. Yeah, that they announced that not that long ago and how all these screenings are going to be free to Amazon Prime and non-Prime members. So I'm fascinated by how what that deal was like uh, not how it came to be but how south by southwest fully like profits from that i mean i think that it is just like this is part of that consolidation this is like yes south by southwest is not like really some sort of profitable venture so they like exist on like all these different companies paying them and so then like that deal just on steroids becomes like amazon basically like runs the entire thing and i think amazon knows too that they had complete leverage because within a week of the what now is a was smart but at the time was like, oh, wow, this is real. The cancellation of South by Southwest. Right. It came out a week later that, oh, they this might not be able to happen again next year because of going all in on this. And clearly their funding was completely and solely predicated upon the success Happening. of each one year to year. Amazon must have gotten, as one would expect, with their general leverage of all their infrastructure, it must have gotten, probably snowed them, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, truly. Yeah, you're probably right. We shouldn't, I, that shouldn't be surprising to me because that's how we get into the position we are. And I'm, I'm more conflicted than ever of my now pretty scaled down relationship with Amazon, but still, it's not a good feeling. And I probably might have to excise that from my life, I think. You know, I try not to use Amazon too much, but we also just like are living under the system that we live under. So, you know, yeah. especially now, I haven't really done an Amazon order living in plague times, but I'm like, I could definitely see a possibility of that being a necessity at some point. You know what I mean? Amazon is such a gigantic day-to-day -day thing for such a high percentage of almost seemingly like the world population at this point. Yeah, unfortunately, it's like the only option left, especially in plague world. But the idea of not using it is almost... It's like a form of being off the grid. Mm -hmm. And it's... Well, that's a situation, and these are the times in which we find ourselves, but it's also a little bit of how did we get here? Right. And I guess we all got here by actively participating in it and enabling it. So 
is where we are. I mean, like, you know, it's like it takes dire circumstances for people to see maybe what the issues were. And so that, yeah. that's the sort of positive take from it is like, well, maybe like this kind of shock to the system and in a way that's like so much less sort of vague, you know, like the 2008 financial crisis was like cloaked in all this kind of like financial lingo and like it was very hard to understand for people that didn't delve into it. This one feels like very tangible, you know what I mean? And it does feel like the faults of the American system are being exposed, you know, so completely. Fortunately, we didn't have the movie The Big Short at the time. (laughs) If only we'd had Margot Robbie back then, you know what I mean? I do think that there is value of people on a wide major level kind of staring their own mortality in the face. And maybe that will give perspective, maybe realize what should be done instead of just their own self-interest as much. And I also think that maybe the scales will come off people's eyes like so much of America is just about thinking America is the best. That's like what the American ethos is all based on. And I think that maybe, you know, being brought to our knees like this might give people pause. This is not 9-11 where we can all like rally around patriotism. I think we're going to see like, oh, like America is like fucked and we weren't yeah. like ready for this. What the fuck? We're going to see like other countries get back to normal before we are and just feel like, well, how come we're not the best? We said we we're the best. I mean, look, the system as it is set up for life, you know, post-World War II was just teetering on a a very delicate precipice. You know what I mean? And I think that this is like maybe the big sort of shock event that this sort of very delicate system was not set up for. I completely agree. I do want to ask, do you have any tips? I actually am not normally, but I am an advocate for finding something to binge watch. Right now, I really am. Like, find a real long series that you've intended to watch before. Find the longest one you can and watch that as much as possible. You know? We're all at home. Like, there's so much media available. There's so much that we can watch. Find a big, long series and watch the entire thing. Audiobooks are also great. Find stuff that challenges your attention span a little bit more because we're all online so much. I was feeling a little bit like spun out and I found that like reading, like listening to audiobooks and forcing myself to focus on something for longer periods of time, like really did like help to sort of center me a little bit because online is so fast and so ADD or something. Um, Yeah. And, you know, find community. We all are socially distanced, but the Zoom meetings and all that shit that people are doing, I've been doing tabletop simulator. Like, this is the time to, like, reach out to other people and, like, find a way to have community and conversation because we need that as as people, really. Uh, And you can have it even without uh, having people over to the house. Like, you can do book clubs, for example, so easily from afar i've had book clubs where the book reading wasn't the hard part it was just the assembling right getting people together like just get on you know hangouts yeah we're all in discord world now everything is set up for us all to um be able to interact with each other without being in person like we just have to avail ourselves of it yeah geography is really less important than ever Mm -hmm. with just the great democratizer you know of the internet and yeah it can be a wanton hellscape in and of itself, but you can do a lot of cool shit on it. You know, this is the only time that we're going to have something like this. Like, there hasn't been an event like this uh, where we had to come together where the internet existed, really. You know what I mean? Like, especially not, like, at this level. The Google Hangouts of the World and House Party, all these different things. It's I've been able to catch up with people who I haven't talked to in a while, and it's been (laughs) great. You know, and this is the idea of, 
oh, I could have just always done this. You know, I think there will be some cultural changes. You know what yes. I mean? Like, I think we'll do a little more of this kind of stuff afterward. I think we'll, like, be washing our hands. I think you'll see more masks after all this. 100%. Working from home will, will become far more socially accepted. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, honestly, that some of the companies, a lot of the companies are going to be like, well, it's going to accelerate what they were already doing with younger freelancers. They'll just do it with older people now, where they're like, now you work from home. There will be plenty of good that comes out of this. I just... Don't know when that's going to be. <laughs> I'm intrigued to see kind of where it goes, but it's a lot. It's a lot. What do you have to plug? You know, I do the Jack AM show that you mentioned. You know, I do it every morning at 7 a.m. Pacific at uh, twitch.tv slash Jack AM. And uh, we're having fun over there. I'm trying to make it a less dire show these days. My wife, Kate, is back co-hosting it every day, and uh, we're having fun. I also, as you mentioned before, do the Struggle Session podcast. You can find that at uh, patreon.com slash struggle session. Uh, uh, they have the free episodes there uh, as well. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, I, I listen to Struggle sesh, uh, Session. Excuse me. Jack AM is great. It really is good, and it's great. As much as I'm trying to, my routine being not a routine, so I can do things differently than I would ordinarily to try yeah. to broaden my horizons. Sure. It's a good constant. And it's a great show. Uh, good times. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that. And like, I, I love doing the show. I do think it kind of saved my life, like ahead of all this, and it has like absolutely saved my life, like in all this. You know, I I, I appreciate you watching, and I you know it just makes me. It's like cool that everybody watches, and I'm like, you know, I'm like uh, constantly blown away by the people in the chat and by the people that watch and. Uh, you know, everybody, it's it's a very cool thing to, to have, yeah. especially in this time, especially like for everyone to sort of be able to gather as a little community, you know, it, it just Absolutely. feels like bigger than ever. It's, it's such a more, it's so much larger than me. The Slurp fam as a whole is so much larger than me and Kate doing this like show. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's such a great co like collective of earnestly great people too. Mm -hmm. Thank you again for being on. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. I hope something good for you came out of this. I hope you're doing well. And uh, remember to consider everybody else. Thank you for listening. Bye.